0: Welcome to the Smart Driving Cars podcast. Thanks for joining us. This edition is sponsored by the Smart ETFs, Smart Transportation and Technology ETF, symbol MOTO. For more information, head to MOTOETF.com. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with the Faculty Chair of Autonomous Vehicle Engineering at Princeton University, Alan Kornhauser. Hi, Alan. Hey, uh,
1: good evening, Fred. Good evening. Hope you've had a good weekend. You can see it's dark. The sun's not <laughs> as easy as it, you know, it does when we do these things. But, um, you know, working at night too. Work the day shift, work the night shift. We
0: are. And we're fortunate to have some guests joining us. Two students. Yep. One, a Princeton junior. Lewis Aaron, a student of yours. Thanks for being here, Lewis.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me, Fred and Professor Kornhauser. Yeah, great to have you.
0: And also on the line with us is Joel Johnson, a student at Arizona State University who's become very familiar with the Waymo self-driving taxi service in Chandler. Thanks for being here, Joel.
3: Yeah, absolutely. It's a pleasure. Well,
0: Louis, let's start out with you. This pandemic has interrupted your education a bit. I think that that's true for both of you, but uh, you've been doing some pretty interesting work, with Elon Musk's Boring Company, tell us about it. First of all, let's make clear you are speaking for yourself and not for the company or for Princeton or anything else.
2: Yeah, thanks, Fred. Um, and yeah, so exactly. I'm just uh, I'm going to say only things that are that are obviously public information. But um, as a student, obviously a lot of this stuff is is interesting to me. Um, but basically, I mean, what, what's going on here in Las Vegas uh, at the Boring Company is that they're uh, they're preparing to open what's called the Las Vegas Convention Center Loop, which is the first section of what um, the company is hoping will be a, a greater transportation system throughout the entire city. And uh, the premise of it, as, as Elon Musk writes, like pretty much most concisely is Teslas and tunnels. Um, and, and the basic idea is that if you can dig tunnels for pretty cheap um, and you can pave them, then you can start to build very safe underground uh, rapid transportation systems um, that are in a lot of ways, very similar to the people mover systems that Professor Kornhauser worked on uh, back at what I think in the 90s or the, the 80s, something <laughs> along the life. 70s. Come on. 70s, I mean, okay. Five years okay. I
1: mean, whoa, let's go. I
2: mean, I was erring on the younger side. Um, so, um, but, but anyway, they, they do. I like to say,
1: I carried those tablets for 40 years through the desert, you know, and uh, uh, there were still, there's still um, uh, idol worshipers back there and burning bushes. What can I tell you? Go
2: (laughs) Well, you know, 40 years later, and you've got pretty much, um, like I'm saying, the same system um, in in a lot of ways in that um, you have people getting into what are basically pods um, and, and going on along basically what's almost like a rail system, except that it's, road but but it's similar to a rail system um it's a tunnel there's one lane um and you know what kind of differentiates this from a from a, a tram or um, you know a monorail or something is that in your pod you're able to blow past whatever station which i think is actually characteristic of uh those systems that professor Kornhauser worked on as well um but I, I think that the idea here is that it's much cheaper to build you don't have to disrupt anything on the surface um you know um you, you can dig a tunnel under a convention center at the peak of its uh, when, when there are tens of thousands of people there, and they have no idea what's going on. That there's a, a massive transportation um, system being built under their feet. So um, that's one of the great one of the you know the, the big ideas behind the system. And, and um, you know if if this if they are able to build tunnels for a lot cheaper, then um, you know it starts to make a lot of sense.
1: Yeah, I guess that's the way we certainly looked at it with with respect to personal rapid transit systems, you sort of had the option. You could put them up in the air in elevated guideways. You could put them on the ground or you could put them underground. underground. And uh, at least um, uh, in years past, we always thought that up in the air was was better and cheaper. Why? Because on the ground you have to avoid and not run over bicyclists and children and who knows what else is and dogs and pedestrians and, and it's really tough. And then underground uh, I guess the, the prevailing assumption was always that that was extremely expensive to do and then some people also said well who the hell wants to travel underground all the time you know it's better up in the air but as we found out when you want to put these things up in the air and you go be- before a planning board or, or whatever you all of a sudden what do you run into Uh, What's going by my bedroom window? Are you joking? Uh, Never, you're gonna cut down what trees to go down my street? Uh, Are you joking? And whatever and so on. And what happens if a car then crashes into one of the poles and the whole thing like, boom, I don't know. So, you know, maybe if it is cheaper to build the stuff, the, the, the way, underground, then, you know, maybe, and I guess that's what you're playing with. So tell us more a little bit about that. Yeah,
0: you know, t- tell us what you're, you know, whatever you can tell us about what, you're, what you are doing with your position there and, and what this is like the first time you go into this tunnel, what was your reaction?
2: Yeah, so uh, the second question's easier. The, the tunnel is just a super cool looking uh, piece of infrastructure. So if you, I mean, there are pictures available online uh, and actually, the the boring company's Twitter just recently published a video of, I think the caption was "tunnel rave," and basically, station two of the system, um, which is uh, this luminous, um subsurface station, uh, has these really cool lights in it. They're LEDs that are, you know, fully customizable, and the idea is that they're going to be some events held underground in the station. And, and um, I, I mean, it just looks awesome. The tunnels look really cool. They're very touristic looking. They've got parallel keys running along the, the, the edges of the road. Um, and again, these are, you can find photos of these online. Um, but it, I mean, it's the kind of thing where, you know, kind of what Professor are saying, where you have people, um, there, there are people out there who need to do these projects. And, um, you know, aesthetics are something that <laughs> like have a surprisingly big impact, it seems like. And so if you're above ground and you have all these questions that you have to deal with, that's challenging. If you're below ground, and it looks pretty awesome. Then you can bring people down there and say, "Hey, check it out." And then, you know, w- when it comes to, to those people making decisions, they can say, "I've I've seen what this looks like, and it looks it looks pretty awesome. It looks pretty clean. Um, you know, it's I like, it's almost a no-brainer. Why would you not do this? Um, as long as you don't have to put any money down for it, so um, it, it looks pretty awesome. As for what I'm doing, uh, <laughs> it's I'm technically a permitting intern. Uh, so, so a lot of the work that I've done has, has been um, literally writing permits, whether it's a, a dust permit or, um, you know, submitting something for, for a bigger project, um, you know, like getting permission to, to expand here or there, whatever it might be. Um, but, you know, the, the company is still um, in many ways and can be characterized as a startup um, or at least this part of it. And so, um, you know, a lot of employees are, are doing a lot of different work that's not necessarily in their job description. Uh, the other night, I was um, in the tunnel putting up some some caution pads so that if people were walking through the, the equipment level, um, and they don't bonk their heads. And that's, you know, something that an inspector requested. And it's like, well, why not have Lewis do it? So, um, you know, the, all, all sorts of different work um, that, that I've had the opportunity to, to uh, be a part of. Uh, and, and it's a lot of fun. The, the team is probably the most dedicated group of people i've ever worked with um and everyone's passionate about the project uh, which makes it a lot of fun
0: doesn't sound boring
2: (laughs) not boring at all but i've gotten that joke plenty of times
0: (laughs) but uh, i couldn't resist sorry
2: (laughs) it's okay Uh, so there
0: with the vehicles themselves there are drivers or safety drivers tell us how this works from the passenger's perspective
2: Right, so the, the uh, run, there will be drivers in the long run there, there will not be drivers is um, the basic premise, but um, train drivers in the short run. And that's, that's what the permit is for. Um, and there's a separate process for um, getting permission to remove the driver from the equation. But um, for now, they will be drivered.
1: Yeah, and then why not? I mean, uh, while it's small, you can afford it. Uh, the issue comes with scale and, and with scale then the issue. You, you confront the issue of whether or not you can afford a driver, and um, and so um, depends how many people are in the vehicle and so on and so forth, um, and depends how cheap the intern is who's driving it and whether or not to, <laughs> uh, they're <laughs> whether or not they have a family to feed or not a family to feed, right? Or what? what how does that
2: go? I'm pretty cheap. <laughs>
0: Joel, let's turn to you uh, and get a little background about yourself and and what you've been doing with Waymo. And this is really on your own, and we do m- need to make it clear also now too that uh, you are not under an NDA, and non-disclosure agreement with Waymo, correct?
3: Right. I was previously under a non-disclosure agreement, but that uh, I am no longer. I have confirmed that with all the necessary parties, and so I've been posting videos uh, online of my experiences. Um, and with these videos, I, uh, I I don't get any financial compensation from Waymo for these videos. They do not have uh, editing ap- uh, approval or pre, like, basically, they, they see the videos for the first time right alongside everyone else when I when I publish the video. So they, they have not stepped in at all. I'm just doing my thing over here. Yeah, I'm just recording my experience. I'm trying to get the car stuck or, like, put it in weird situations and just seeing how it reacts and... Uh, that sort of thing, yeah. Well, to tell
0: us a little bit of your background, first of all, and how this came about. And when we say you've, you've, you've been riding in the driverless Waymo vehicles, you've been doing it a lot. So <laughs> yeah. tell us about it.
3: <laughs> yeah. Um, so I started with the, the program in June 2019, so the early rider program. And I can't say much about that because that was under a non-disclosure agreement, uh, but uh it took me like six months to get off the wait list uh so that was interesting uh people are being approved instantly now and with no nda so this was you know a different time but um so i, I was as uh at one point i was listening to an interview with the ceo john kraftchick and he said um that the team celebrates when people post about their experience in, in Waymo vehicles on social media and i was thinking like if 99% of your riders are under NDA. How are we supposed to post about it on social media? So I, I go to their Twitter and I said, hey, uh, what's the deal here? And they said, okay, can we have your email address? And then, so I gave them my email address and then the rest is history, honestly. So yeah, ever since. So I they added me to the public program in March. And then the very day after that, they shut down the service due to the, the pandemic. And so I have been on pins and needles for seven months to I because I've, I've wanted I've been able to I've been allowed to post videos since March but I haven't been able to do anything until October when they early October when they reopened the program but with their uh, pandemic uh, safety precautions so I've been I've been taking as many rides as I possibly can and filming them and uh, just going to yeah just going to places around in the geofence service area and uh just filming what I see and there's a lot of interesting things that you see when you like that like I'm still on I'm on my somewhere in the 80s when it comes to ride count and I'm still seeing new things every every time I ride and new weird situations and uh, that sort of thing. so can
0: you show us an, show us a quick example
3: uh, of of what you've been doing with the videos? Oh yeah, absolutely. So this is one example of what you might see in one of my videos. So we're at an unprotected left turn here, so the the left turn arrow is flashing yellow for yield, and you can see the vehicles here, and on the screen there, in the bottom right corner, you can see there's a little indicator saying that, hey, the the, the car sees that there are more vehicles that are on the way, and then once it knows it's clear, then it will take uh, take the turn. And that's the that's sort of an example of what you might see. And then since this is what my first video, it was really long. There's a lot of uh, interesting uh, timestamps in here. So if, if you guys think you want to see anything else here, like uh, pedestrians or that sort of thing, yeah, it's it's all here. So yeah. very
0: cool. And w- where do people find these?
3: Uh, so I have it on my YouTube channel, uh, called JJ Rick Studios. I'll show the. Thing here, so I'm I'm running a series called JJ Rick's rides with Waymo. I'm just posting uh one video every three days, and uh, showing my experience in the in their vehicles. So, yeah, this is the playlist. Let's see. Uh, da, 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 da. There we go. So the, yeah, this is the the playlist where I, I'm posting all my videos here. So, I try to make each one uh, unique and try and film new situations for each video. So,
1: so, so Joel, let me, uh, let me ask you a, a couple questions about this. First of all, uh, explain and tell us uh, how you request a ride.
3: How I request a ride, right. OK, so uh, first of all, you would download the Waymo app on the iOS App Store or the Google Play Store. Um, and then you would sign in with your Google account, where a Google account is required. Um, so then once you're off the wait list, now everybody's off the wait list because they just opened it to the public. Then you would, um, you would uh go ahead and you can see there's the uh,
1: basically like Lyft and Uber,
3: yeah, Yeah, it's Lyft and Uber, pretty much, pretty much the exact same experience, and you can see the this map, yeah
1: they avoided any um, proprietary information that Lyft and Uber happened in their, any of their apps to put on their app and so on and so forth. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) And, um, and uh, how do you, how do you pay for this for the ride?
3: Uh, You just add a a debit or credit card in the app and then it'll just automatically charge you.
1: And uh, do you have any, um, any opinion on how much they're they're charging you for, for this? Um, Okay. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I, it's got to be cheap at twice the price, but anyway, I'm sure it is. It uh, is very I'm, cheap. Yeah. Have you, have you ever re- requested a ride to, uh, let's say, um, Tempe, Arizona or something? You put it in a destination, right? I mean, you, yeah, uh,
3: yeah, you have to put in a destination an exact pickup.
1: And so um, if you put uh, Princeton, New Jersey, uh, what's it do to you?
3: Yeah, the 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 thing with that is that if you you can uh, type in the destination and then whatever pops up, you can tap on that to select the destination. But when you search it, it will only the results that show up are only things that are in the in the service area. So if you type in Princeton, New Jersey, then it it, it won't show up. So then you won't be able to so, uh, actually
1: um we'll take you downtown to the or we'll take you to the airport you can hop a plane on southwest and get you there (laughs) not yet Uh,
3: no yeah Yeah.
1: Yeah. all right i didn't think that whatever Not not sure i understand
0: you had an interesting experience today tell us about that
3: yeah so that's that's in an upcoming video um today somebody uh, who worked at an a v company was happened to be in the area and they were testing out the rides and they they also saw my videos and they wanted to uh they just wanted to chat for a few hours and take a couple of rides with me and so I was like, okay, sure and so i we we went out there and we met up and then took a couple of rides and um uh honestly today's <laughs> rides were uh,
1: wait 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 you brought them along as as your guest when you when you requested a ride right
3: I, mean- uh, I did that a lot previously because I was because program access was more exclusive but now because it's open to everybody anyone can just get there so i they they were taking the rides under their account so no money exchange hands
1: so it yeah. that actually matched you up it did ride sharing with their request of a ride and your request of a ride they, they ride oh
3: uh, no i can just i can just hop in the car when they they can call it and then i can just hop in it's no problem yeah you can take a, up to four passengers three adults comfortably plus one child
1: yeah, and so if you're in, in arizona uh, you, you're in arizona state or arizona i i, I don't want to make them yeah
3: arizona state i'm it's i'm sure taking a break to, because state. of the pandemic yeah. and you, uh, you uh, bring on
1: uh, you know uh, 15 of your friends and you want to see whether or not you can stuff up uh, a, a waymo vehicle like uh, i used to do with uh, Beatles. <laughs> uh are you able to do that just by calling it up
3: um i think rider support so at the i think rider support would be a little bit peeved yeah uh, yeah but the no that what's fun is that 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 leads to an important point is that um they do check in at the beginning and 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 end of every ride through the in-vehicle cameras so they'll they'll make sure everyone's wearing a mask and then at the end they'll make sure you didn't leave any belongings behind so Uh, tell, tell us what happened today yeah absolutely so um we went to uh, a spot that I that is notoriously tricky for Waymo to uh, drop off in, and so I I've been trying to demonstrate that through a couple of my videos, and I haven't been as successful because it's uh, the car has avoided going to where I to where I tell it to in order to avoid getting stuck, which is like pretty smart. But today it did not do that. It went directly to the space I told it to, and um, and so what what happened was it it backed its way out all the way like it just i've never i've seen it back up for a three-point turn before but it it went into reverse and just for a good 20 seconds it was just backing up and backing up and backing up and then it went back into the uh, parking lot road and then it was out of the stuck spot and so after that we were we were really impressed with that behavior and then for the next couple minutes it just went circling around the parking lot it did circles and circles and circles and uh it like look, it looked like it got stuck eventually and so yeah i got stuck and then tele couldn't do anything i guess because the vehicle didn't leave and so the waymo roadside assistance van uh showed up with two personnel um and one of them got out disengaged the vehicle and and they took it to wherever they would take probably the depot or maybe move it down the road a bit and re-engage it but um yeah, so that that actually happened twice today which is incredibly lucky i've never seen that before um because um we went to a normal we went to an uh another spot where it typically would get stuck but instead it three point turns its way out and so instead of three point turning its way out it it reversed and went forward and reversed and went forward and re- it just like repeated this cycle of like trying to make its way out of this area but it couldn't and so yeah once again the roadside assistance team rolled up and Somebody hopped in, disengaged the vehicle, and then they, uh, yeah, they took care of that. So that was incredibly lucky today. I'll, I'll have that on video eventually. Um, but yeah, keep an eye out for that.
1: <laughs> so when you select the destination, how precise can you select the destination?
3: Very, very per- uh, precisely, within a few feet, even. You can um, you go to uh, whatever
1: and point, point to a map or point to a um, um, a waypoint point to would, would, uh, you know yeah i'll
3: try and um today to do this let's see so i'll try and
2: while you're pulling that up by the way i'm also curious yeah. why, why was it that they were not able to um take remote control of the vehicle and just get it out of those scenarios it seems like yeah. that would not have been super complex
3: yeah typically they do uh unfortunately it's very secretive as to what Exactly. They they never they never really explain. They just say, "Oh, we're having a problem. We'll f- fix it. We have somebody to come and fix it, right?" So I I typically they would have somebody in a, at a desk somewhere with a keyboard, specialized keyboard probably, and says so like, and then they can click a point on a map and say, "Go here," or like ignore this obstacle. It's not actually a problem, or that sort of uh, information.
0: How quickly and, does the roadside assistance show up? I assume it's better than triple a on my phone.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah the well with the with the tele-assist it takes about 15 seconds for them to remote into the vehicle but with the um the roadside assistance is typically following the car or if not following it's at least in the area so they are ready to respond they were there within within two minutes i think so they they were they were already, they were ready to go They they hopped in the vehicle and so i um in regards to the, uh, in regards to the how precise the pickup is, so I have a screenshot of the app here, where you can see, I, the map has uh, it looks like normal Google Maps, but where you can get um, dropped off is highlighted in green. So, uh, and then there's this pin, and then you can move the pin around. So you can see how on this on this road over here you can't get dropped off, or because that might be more of a busy road or something, but in this neighborhood with cul-de-sacs, you can, you can kind of pick and choose exactly what kind of spot you're looking for, and then if, it won't always go exactly to that spot. Uh, it'll use the vehicle will use its own discretion as to where is a safe spot or where is a spot that makes sense. So it'll you'll get pretty close, like within maybe 50 feet or so, but most of the time it'll go exactly where you tell it to. So that's kind of how the a little uh, peek into how that works. Yeah.
0: So 80 some rides, uh, Joel, what's yeah. your overall impression? What do you, what do you tell people?
3: I would feel absolutely comfortable taking a nap in those cars with, uh, with nobody up front. The, so um I, yeah, after it's demonstrated to me, like it sees situations of all different types and can avoid uh crashing. You know, it can avoid uh, incidents. It's, it's very good at, uh, being cautious, but not too cautious, like uh, around pedestrians and other vehicles. And uh, the the ride is very smooth. It's very clear that they've put a lot of effort into uh, fine tuning the rider experience. And I think the main factor of trust for me is probably the rider screen. I can pull up a photo of that here, uh, where it'll the vehicle shows you. Uh, what like what's around, what it sees, what other uh, vehicles are there. Um, Yeah, here we go. So here's a particularly interesting example. Um, So this photo is was taken in a school zone. And you can see this is how many pedestrians were around, which is uh, quite a few. And then you can see the other vehicles here in front of the in front of the car. Then, you know, there's a crosswalk. And there's um, yeah, that sort of thing. And so right here, as well as a, uh, a crossing guard holding up a stop sign, and you can see that the car recognized that stop sign and showed you that. So it'll show you what it, um, what it sees in terms of traffic lights. It'll show you stop signs. It'll show you the, like, it, it communicates the information with the rider. And so I have confidence that it will see something and react to it appropriately enough So much so that, again, I would feel comfortable napping in in the vehicle at this point, after that many rides. So So
1: in the rides that you've had, uh, how many of them have been, uh, you're in there by yourself?
3: Uh, About 60 or 70, coming up on 70 now, I think. I I have a spreadsheet with the exact members but
1: you're in there by yourself there's no attendant there's nobody in the bed hiding in the back seat oh yeah nobody
3: yeah
1: ever on the roof uh (laughs) no yeah yeah there's probably nobody following you in the chase car uh looking real closely except
3: no no they the yeah Joel, tell us
0: why you decided to do this. I understand that you're studying or or plan to study computer systems engineering, right? But what was your motivation for doing this?
3: Like, uh, like the videos or the
0: taking all the rides. I mean, it's, it's costing you something, even though you're doing it mostly (laughs) for fun. Um,
3: Yeah. The, uh, the YouTube ad revenue helps pay back for that, but the, yeah, that's all right. But the, Really, the main reason is I'm just a fan of this technology. i I would gladly make videos about all sorts of different uh, autonomous vehicle companies, but this is just the only one I happen to have access to. so i'm i've I've been a fan of the technology for a while. And when I saw that they were coming to my area, you know that's a really exciting uh, prospect, right? So i I'm like, how can I be a part of this program? So you know I sign up and then uh, I saw there's a particular, uh, Interest in videos of these cars from a great number of people on Twitter and uh, specifically Reddit, the self-driving car subreddit. Um, There are a lot of uh, enthusiasts and a lot of uh, members of the industry in that uh, certain that particular message board. And so people are constantly asking questions like, "How does the vehicle react to this situation?" And for the longest time, I was under NDA. I couldn't say anything, right? So I couldn't answer people's questions and and uh it was pretty frustrating honestly (laughs) because like i have this information right but uh so yeah eventually once i I, um once i was uh the nda went away basically i was cleared of my non-disclosure agreement they i went in there and started answering people's questions i said hey what do you want me to record i'm here for you guys you know and uh so since I, it really blends with my love of making videos too, I like to make things I like to film and edit and plan things. And so really just, it's a perfect match of, I like making videos. I like self-driving cars and
2: here we are. Right. So yeah.
0: Lewis, Lewis, <laughs> have you ever had a chance to, to take a ride in, in one of the Waymo vehicles?
2: You know, I haven't. Professor Kornhauser asks me pretty much, or at least asked me before COVID, uh, every time I went home to, to give it a shot and my, my friend and I tried we, we chased them around for a while and we're hoping <laughs> that we'd see something interesting we didn't see it we didn't catch any interesting things but then we were like okay we got the app uh and and we we needed to be approved to um to take a ride and then my friend left literally like the like within an hour of us being approved and then it's like a, oh. like like a half hour oh. drive in the house so uh yeah. you know, I, I like Professor Kornhauser but you know, not, not enough to take, you know, another hour and a half drive uh, when you add it all up. So <laughs> I haven't had a chance yet.
3: Yeah. Well, now it's open to anyone. So yeah, you can just go ahead whenever. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, Joel, uh, uh, of the 60 rides that you've had with um, driverless operation, and I prefer to call it driverless rather, than, but that's a whole other story. Right. Um, um, how many have uh, have you? taken uh, ba- alone or with someone that you brought along with you out of those
3: 60 uh probably 2 thirds to about half were with guests that I've invited or with family members no, uh just a, I, like a... uh,
1: strangers Have you ever taken with a the stranger
3: uh no nobody's approached me and yeah it's always been people yeah, who are haven't
1: pulled yeah. up, the vehicle hasn't pulled over picked up somebody else uh, drop them off, and then drop
3: you off. No, I won't do that. No, yeah. It the is all yours.
0: The system's
1: not equipped for that at this point. It's no. Unfortunate, but anyway, that's my opinion. Um I just wanted to, to see to what extent um, the whole operation has evolved. Um, um
3: Yeah, there's a, there's a particular joy to that, just having a car all to yourself, and then, you know. <laughs>
1: sure, I guess if you can afford it, uh, yeah, it's great. right. Yeah, if you can.
3: Right now, it's cheap, but yeah. you
1: know, well, I don't think you're paying the cost of. It.
3: Oh no, not even close. So, you know, so it's not cheap,
1: but whatever.
3: Yeah, to from a rider perspective, at the very, very least, yeah. The, um,
1: how long is that going to last? Um, <laughs> uh, maybe you know, even even Waymo can't support that very long. Um, but anyway, that's yeah,
3: <laughs> remains to be seen. And yeah. So
1: practicality of all this. Um, uh, in terms of, of, of uh, uh, have, you, um, have you have you used it for actually, you know, going someplace that you wanted to go to, or is it, are you just in there, you know, trying to understand the technology? Is, is um, it mobility mm-hmm. for you? Have you, have, have you gone to the synagogue, or, you know, have you gone to church or if you gone to uh, uh, soccer practice or uh, gone to class yeah we know, you, we know the... you haven't gone to
0: a movie
3: <laughs> no no yeah it's um unf- the um unfortunately their service area although large in this area is doesn't really cover anywhere of particular utility to me at this point in time uh but i I have made up excuses to go on errands to, you know, like, Oh, I, I, I am, um, I want to drop off a package. Oh, there's a place where I can do that over here close to my house or oh, there's one 45 minutes away, but it's in the Waymo service area. So yeah, I'll take a Waymo for that. Right. So like, uh, that's, that's kind of the closest I can get is I, I make excuses. To, ride you've taken? Uh, an hour, oh. uh, in terms of, uh, area.
1: It's basically one side, one side of the operational design domain to the other, pretty much, right?
3: Pretty much. I can pull up. I can actually pull up my spreadsheet here if you want to see the exact. Uh, da, 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 da.
2: Does your spreadsheet say how much it cost for that hour ride? Yeah, here I'll I'll, uh, I'll share it. But uh,
1: price is not what it costs. Uh, there's a difference, right? <laughs> yeah. You know the uh, difference, don't you, Louis? Yes, thank you. Right. you do.
3: There you go, yeah, so um, this is, I have the uh, rides on the section here with the you know, license plate, unique license plates, time, summoned, start time, end time, uh, distance, and price, and then whether or not the vehicle was occupied it, it, with a safety driver. You mean
1: a ride that was 10 bucks, is that right? Yeah, okay.
3: yeah Like, um, so if we scroll down here, uh, I have to update this a little bit with my last couple of rides. But uh, as you can see over here, there's some statistics. So like they have some Excel formulas here that will tally up stuff. So safety driver rides, 19, fully driverless, 65. That's probably at 60, or so probably at 71 now, but I'll, I'll fix that. Um,
1: the most common car. Uh, um...
3: Yeah, CL56426 is the license plate on that one. So uh, the, the thing with this unique license plates is that with the fully self-driving, uh, fully driverless rides, sixty-five. Fully driverless unique license plates is fifteen. So, and I I haven't seen any new ones in a little while. So I'm thinking they have about fifteen in the area right now, operating. They that might have changed since they just opened it to everybody. But um, uh, let's see. So the duration. So the one-hour ride was on December first at three p.m. So I can take a screenshot of that. No problem. Uh, here we go. Yeah. So this was uh, $25.92 for an hour. And it was 21 miles, and actually 22. So 21.91 miles to be specific.
0: You know, other consumers might wonder, Joel, uh, during the pandemic, getting in a vehicle that uh, is coming from dropping off someone else is that safe and whatnot oh so what 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 are they doing
3: yeah um that's that's a fun one so um when you get out of the vehicle it will take five minutes or ten minutes to uh cycle the air out of the car five times using some sort of uh, ventilation system and then it'll rejoin the fleet and i guess they'll the rider support people will also check in through the cameras to make sure it's not too dirty or if there's um, like that sort but of they're thing. They're not, so,
0: they're not doing any, nobody comes in to do like surface cleaning or anything. They like do
3: that. every once in a while, but that's when the when the car is pulled back to the depot. Uh, I don't know exactly when they do that, but most of the time the car will stay in the fleet and in the vehicle now, uh, unlike previous uh, times before the pandemic, they provide, um, sanitizing wipes and uh, hand sanitizer in the vehicle. And there's a plexiglass shield uh, separating the second row from the first row. With the, so that, that, and they also encourage you to roll down the windows a little, at least a crack when you get in the car for better ventilation.
0: Very interesting. We'll be back with more, but first this is a good time to remind you about our sponsor, the smart ETFs, smart transportation and technology ETF symbol MOTO. To get more info, head to MOTOETF.com. On the website, they have a white paper called The Smart Transportation Revolution. It's under the Insights and News tab. Great information there to help you make informed decisions about investing. You may know ETFs can be a smart way to spread risk with investments and focus on a particular category of stocks. The site, once again, is MOTOETF.com. We're back with Joel Johnson, Lewis Aaron, and of course, uh, Alan Kornhauser. Alan, uh, let's go to some headlines. Kirsten Kirsten, uh, Kurasek at uh, TechCrunch is reporting that Aurora has sent offers to most of Uber ATG employees, but not those in the R&D lab.
1: Hmm. You can read a lot into that one. I guess um, Chris must really think that um, his uh, Carnegie Mellon folks and so on are... Or...
0: And you're referring to C- Chris Ermson here who was yeah. on with us just about a week or so ago, yeah.
1: I mean, you know, I, I don't know. He may have made that decision, you know, right after he got off a podcast with us. But, um, you know, seems to me that um, I guess uh, it's good to just have one cook in the kitchen.
0: In Forbes, Selika Talbot has a, a letter to President-elect Biden under the headline, What the EV and AV Community Wants from a Biden Administration. In it, she calls for the appointment of an automatic, automated and electric vehicle czar. Are you, are you free? <laughs> Uh, no, hey, no, no,
1: hey, no way. I'm, oh, uh, no way. No, thank you. No, no way. Whatever. I guess so. I guess it needs a- well, to. What, what do you think of the concept? Um, don't know. I guess I I think um, I, I think uh, Salika has, a, you know, an interesting idea. I, I think it's uh, I think, again, there we have more questions than we have answers right now. It is so early in the process so. Uh, whether you know, I I, I think um, it was kind of nice in the previous administration that it didn't do much, uh, and basically allowed, uh, allowed the allowed the the process to move forward. And um, there there isn't um, there isn't enough going on to um, really um, uh, require Washington to put on whatever conditions constraints what whatever they. It certainly can't help much. It, it, it doesn't have the financial resources. Um, any any um, infrastructure plan that the that the administration might come up with, that, um, the whole purpose, objective, direction of this technology was was to use the infrastructure that exists rather than ask for new infrastructure. I mean, the fundamental problem with PRT and whether it's it's underground, over uh, overhead, or at the, on the surface is that. The, you you need to you need to have New Jersey DOT build a guideway before you can have vehicles on it, and GM's not going to build any vehicles unless you have the guideway or the way first. Now, maybe if you're Elon, you have the vehicles and you're going to build the guideway, and you you've been able to get your stock valuation so high that you can afford to to do it and pay for it and buy it and great and. Love you, Elon. Go for it. And you know, it? you had two great launches in the past 10 days out of uh, SpaceX? I mean, you're hitting it on all cylinders. So, you know, go for it. But, uh, but again, um, you know, this the, the whole idea of this technology is to, is to, is to put the intelligence, the, the, the hard work, and so on inside each vehicle and then replicate that sucker, get it to work on one, and then replicate and um and so and have it use the the infrastructure that exists for everybody else Uh, jeez i I need better paint on the road i need potholes filled
0: well well maybe maybe elon can get some of the infrastructure money too but for for the tunnels
1: (laughs) i mean come on elon you have enough resources yourself you don't need that (laughs) and in fact you're better off doing it yourself also so because then anytime anytime um uh, somebody gives you a handout there's usually a, a little constraint that's associated with those things and and you better redefine print
0: Louis, can you see this whole concept of the of the tunnels being used I mean just from your experience and we know you're speaking for yourself here can you see this in your in your mind as being applicable around the country in many areas
2: yeah I mean I think I could it, and I, th- I think it's not too hard for anybody to see that um, if you take the, the assumption that building these tunnels becomes really cheap. Um, because again, um, yeah, th- there is a huge cost associated with building new infrastructure. But um, as we touched on earlier, like, a, a big part of that cost is just getting people to OK um, you know, a few months or even a few years of, of discomfort. And um, you know, that might be plugging up traffic um, across really busy areas. Um, you know, when it comes to heavily populated cities, um, you don't you don't want to have even a month of of terrible traffic. It's just so hard. When when the, the terms for a governor are not that many years long, and oftentimes the, the amount of time it takes to build the roadway will be longer than the term, and, and longer than when they're going to be reelected. So if you can do it without disrupting infrastructure, um, you can you can see how it would spread pretty quickly. Um, on the other hand, I, I also want to bring up. I mean, I I think. Fred, you mentioned that this position in, in the government that's being called for was not just for autonomous vehicles, but it was also for um, electric vehicles, is that EVs, correct? right. EVs, mm-hmm. right. So I mean, I think something we might be overlooking with this is, is also that if we do see, and it seems like we will be seeing, a, a really widespread adoption of electric vehicles over the next decade, 15, 20 years, um, there's going to be, need to be a huge infrastructure change for charging the vehicles. Because the, the grid cannot handle um, an unstructured Charging system. I mean, if you have um, all of these, each vehicle takes about the same amount of electricity um, to charge it as, as an entire household does. So if you suddenly are doubling the amount of electricity that you require, that is required at peak hours, um, the, the grid system will collapse. So I think if 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 there's not a space yet for um, for an autonomous vehicles czar, whatever it is, there, there certainly is for an electric vehicles one, um, and it begs the question. Um, how quickly will autonomous vehicles catch up to electric vehicles? Because if they catch up quickly, then you have, um, as Professor Kornhauser maybe predicts or at least would like to see, you have companies that are starting to own fleets of vehicles and it'll be their responsibility to charge those vehicles at which point managed charging becomes a lot easier. If on the other hand, autonomy doesn't really catch up to electrification and and these vehicles are owned by households and by individuals, then it's a lot harder to control the charging um, in a distributed way. And you, know, you have to come up with more creative solutions for, for how the grid will handle that stuff. Um, and at that point, there probably is a, a bigger role for an EV czar. Um, but I'm, I'm curious to hear what um, anyone else has to, has to say about that.
1: Well, it turns out one of the sessions, not to pump the, um, the summit, but one of the sessions that we're gonna be dealing with in, in, the, in the summit has to deal with uh, what is the uh, propulsion system for these uh, driverless vehicles
2: is it really
1: EVs? I mean, certainly EVs uh, are really great, and at least one individual in the world has gotten people to buy EVs, and that's Elon, and he's done a great job, but in terms of the number of other EVs that are being purchased by anybody, uh, um, it's about as many driverless vehicles as we have out there, it's like none. Um, so there's a really issue and and right now the, the, the key thing you pointed it out is that where is the electric electricity going to come from that powers these vehicles and if it's using the marginal energy the new energy if I stop using my gasoline and start using an electric motor I I'm a new user of electricity I've decided that to get my energy to my wheels when I need it at the point that I'm I'm at in my trip. Instead of having it come from a, a tank that is holding, that is holding gasoline, it now comes from a lithium battery or something that is now out there that has those electrons in there that can now give it. Where did those, where did that lithium battery first of all, come from? And, what kind of environmental impact and so on that that associated with doing that. The container, instead of being a nice simple little metal can that you put the stuff in is now this lithium stuff. Oh my goodness. And then uh, since I'm using the new electricity, um, uh, I, more electricity has to be produced someplace. Uh, uh, what produces more electricity today, it's called yipes. Why? Because if I didn't need need the electricity, I'd shut down the coal plant. But my goodness, I need more electricity, so I can't shut down the coal plant. So in fact, you know, an EV might actually be burning coal. Yikes.
0: We're going to be telling people more about the uh, fourth annual Princeton Smart Driving Car Summit in just a
1: minute. We've got to to really... You know, there's some issues out there associated with it. It's not nearly as a slam dunk opportunity as the governor of California sort of suggests on this thing. I mean, you've got to you've got to do the you've got to do the addition through the spreadsheet or whatever that the data the analysis and and damn it, Louis, when you come back, maybe we'll you know try to do some, run some numbers on this sucker to see, you know, really, where does it end up? It's it's not it, clear.
0: In the newsletter, Alan, though, we should point out because it's related here that you highlight a report on uh, falling lithium ion battery prices. So that's
1: a- I mean, you know, in a sense, I would say that's, to me, that's that's maybe the best news that EVs have gotten in quite some time. Because again, I mentioned the container right now. I mean, the, the interesting thing about mobility is you need energy in motion because you want to be in motion. So when you need the, the attractive force, power, whatever you want, da, da da you need to have the thing that's producing the energy there with you at that point in time. And so it's always been an issue as to how in the heck do you get energy. First created and then put it out there or the thing that contains the energy and put it out there so that it's available at the time when you need it to get you continuing going on. And so if you if you look at at the internal combustion engine and you know, and you say to yourself, oh my goodness, I mean it has all these moving parts, piston valves, these the, the springs, well, who knows? Uh, you know, and, and then it needs a transmission. Holy man, whoa. Uh, I mean damn it that's really tough. We're an electric motor man I just put some wires around something and boom I got it I mean you know however the electric motor requires you to have electricity there and so instead of with the internal combustion engine you just have a you know a container that you put some liquid in that all of a sudden it ends up gets carried along with you and you siphon it out as you need it. You know, is really elegant on that side.
0: Well, there are the fuel cell advocates too, Alan. But you know, but the same issue with them, right?
1: Yeah, it's electricity. That, but but you know, with with respect to a battery, the battery has always been, you know, Davenport's, you know, 1837 or something was playing around with batteries, so, or at least until you know we really went to the 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 lithium-style batteries had made essentially no progress, certainly had done no evolution. It looked anything like Moore's Law. I mean, you know, power density had barely improved. I mean, and that's through tons of money being spent on the Apollo program, being spent by Apple trying to, you know, what's the limitation here? It's battery. But then now it looks like finally, maybe batteries are turning around for the battery to reduce in price, apparently. Now, these are Chinese prices and you don't know whether or not the price is the cost and who's subsidizing what and whatever, but in terms of let's assume that the price equals cost on this one. And in fact, you know, we've gotten the, the price to reduce by an order of magnitude by 10X in 10 years That's something. Now, how far do we really have to go with it to be the same as a hunk of metal that contains a fluid that our gas tank in our cars, I mean, we're still, you know, a couple orders magnitude away uh, from that one, but that is certainly moving in the right direction uh, enormously. So 10 years from now, are we going to take another 10x out of that cost? If so, you know, maybe we can figure out how to, Make a whole hell of a lot more electricity without burning coal. Uh, maybe we'll get back to nuclear. Maybe somebody will say, "Hey, maybe we should do that." Don't want to say that too loud because then, you know. well,
0: Bill Gates has been a big advocate for some new, newly designed nuclear power plants.
1: And we'll have another Fukushima or another <laughs> island or another Chernobyl, and everybody. All right, goes. and then yeah. that's the end of that.
0: So. Uh, Joel, we, we can sense there might be a, a road trip in, in your future. Zooks, now part of Amazon, has unveiled a robo taxi, no steering wheel, and NVIDIA, Alan, is, is playing a key role there.
1: Yeah, I guess NVIDIA you know, actor, uh, has a deal to hey the, the 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 code has to run on something decent and, and NVIDIA seems to have, you know, the processors. Uh, uh, to be able to do it, because in the end, uh, it has to do all those all those computations. Those things have to it has to be done in real time. It 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 can't get blue screens, you know. Otherwise, my goodness, poor Joel, he's going to be in trouble. He's <laughs> run the I mean, you know. So whatever. So that all and that's, that's sort of good news. But but I I I don't think the Amazon effect on Zooks is being seen yet. Okay, because this Zoox vehicle looks very much like their previous Zoox vehicles, not that much different. And um, I just think that um, now that Amazon has to be in, I mean, they bought them. So when you buy something, you control it and you sort of steer it in your direction. So I would expect, I would expect, uh, expect any greater innovations uh, than what that vehicle seems to suggest. I mean, you know.
0: Focused on, focused, as you've said before, on de- on deliveries and, and not I, so much. I mean,
1: hey, I don't know what's, what, what generates, what generates my interest in the Amazon, free shipping. Uh, that's the price. It's not the cost. That thing is still a big chunk of their balance sheet. And if they can, yeah, that can, bring that to the bottom line. And I guess if McKinsey is, is still gets part of that, that maybe she, I mean, talk about someone <laughs> who, is, who is absolutely, I mean, hitting it out of the park farther than Elon. I mean, you know, giving away what 3.5 billion? Yes. And, and to the entities that she's given, writing checks for 50 million and so on with no questions asked and you spend it and you do the best in the, in the places that need it most. Oh my goodness, man, are we proud of her. Princeton graduate, of course, right? Man, nah, you know, uh, uh, she's, she's hitting it out of the park.
0: We do congratulate her. And since we've mentioned it already, Uh, The fourth annual Princeton Smart Driving Cars Summit finally underway. We kicked off this past Thursday with uh, Alan, you setting the stage for what's to come. Here's a little taste and some more info. It begins again, this time a virtual gathering of many of the leaders shaping the future of mobility. Now to get things started,
1: here's Alan. Where we happen to be today, in terms of all this, is that we've done a lot of testing. We've gotten the things to sort of work, but we have yet to really begin to capture the societal value that we've been doing all this for.
0: The fourth annual Princeton Smart Driving Car Summit.
1: This thing, these things are live. Uh, we're trying to make it as if we're in a room altogether. Which you know anybody has a chance to go up to a microphone and and at least um, you know have an opportunity to uh, share a, at least some views for a few minutes and uh, and uh, as well as ask uh, ask uh, good questions and maybe even a follow-up.
0: Princeton University and the Department of Operations Research and Financial Engineering are hosting the summit, featuring live discussions every Thursday at noon Eastern from January through the middle of April.
1: I hope that we've assembled, for this series, a list of, 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 of moderators, producers, and panelists who, who are people that really know and, and are involved and can say, hey, Kornhauser, you're just full of it.
0: Registrants will have access and be able to participate live and on demand. And there are still opportunities for
1: sponsorship. We want to talk about the market pullers, the market pushers, and the market facilitators to make this into a market. And it's a win, 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 win for everybody. Now, maybe, you know, that's asking for too much. But at the beginning, we should ask for that.
0: Email us at sdcsummit at princeton.edu or follow the links at smartdrivingcar.com.
1: We're going to make more improvements on the technological end of the the gizmos end of this. Absolutely. But where we have to start moving towards is getting some community social value returned to us for all this investment that we've made.
0: So that's the upcoming summit. And uh, it's going to be exciting, Alan.
1: That's a, that's, a, that's a heck of a promo that we put in there, but it's really serious. I mean, there have been, what, 10 billion more invested in all this. And, and so far, you know, Joel's gotten a couple rides. Uh, You rides. Know, a uh, few other people have gotten a couple rides. We, we have not delivered the social values of, of this mobility, this mobility opportunity, and, and of course the, the, the opportunity to do it affordably so that, so that the people who can benefit the most from it, who have been left behind the most by the other technologies who, who really, um, you know, uh, need to get to work uh, 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 in an efficient way and in an affordable way, need to go to the violin lessons, uh, need to, need to go pick up something at the store and so on or whatever can, can do it and, and benefit from it and improve their quality of life. This is about improving the quality of their life, not to get not darn technical, but to do the to, to, to work. Yeah, that's important, it has to be done, it has to do that. Um, but, but uh, you know, getting from A to B just because you need to get to, from A to B to improve your quality of life. Let's, let's get on, let's start delivering that to folks and the the value to society otherwise it's going to be another thing on the shelf back here
0: whatever well joel joel you've had so many rides and we want to thank you so much for joining us uh, today but uh, tell us what your thoughts are about using this kind of transportation as a new form of mobility to serve people who who really haven't been served
3: no i um but I've seen a couple of people in my comment sections that say they are, um, they're legally blind and that they're really excited about this, this technology. And I think that has a lot of potential even just, and there's a lot of examples of how this technology has potential, but this is just one that's been very upfront for me. And so I I thought that was a pretty cool experience that the, somebody who is legally blind would be able to just use their phone to get, go somewhere that they want to, go and they don't have to worry about bothering somebody to drive them somewhere and it's like just that freedom of mobility yeah and I'm really excited for that and uh, in terms of the EV thing uh, I just want I thought it was hilarious I just wanted to note that the although the Chrysler Pacificas that Waymo uses are technically e- hybrids uh, a former safety driver tells me that they never actually plugged them in so they're <laughs> but yeah anyway thought that was
1: here and there, they are hybrid. They right. could do. They they could do. They it. could.
3: They just don't bother to.
1: We're, we're 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 just. It's all the whole thing's at the very beginning. That's not the big ticket item. Big ticket.
3: Right. Is to
1: make sure it gets you safely from A to B, comfortable. Yeah. So that you're willing to come back and use it again, so that you're a happy customer. I mean, if it's yeah a business, you're a happy customer paying paying for whatever they want to want to charge you and that they're making enough money to be able to stick around and not go bankrupt and not fold up or say the hell with it because, you know, like, I can't afford to do this anymore. Um, you yeah, know, that, that's those are the key points here. And uh, and so the that's 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 kind of the, the, Let me ask you one other question, Joe. Sure. Uh, did you ever call them up at like two o'clock in the morning, say I, I need to get to the airport? uh come get me
3: Oh yeah the, they run all hours of the day uh you can yeah safety drivers are also uh driving the car Well, not really driving they're they're monitoring the cars at all times of day as well no, so they you can monitor. yeah
1: they're, they're, they're back, yeah. back and whatever
3: yeah <laughs> they can
1: they're in some hollowed out mountain in, in colorado i don't know it
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: 24 hours a day so uh, what's what's the site uh, where people can find you once again joel
3: I am on YouTube at JJ Rick Studios posting videos. If you just search Waymo, Joel Johnson, you'll find me. So yeah. Or um I'm at uh also on Twitter at JJ Ricks underscore. I post uh, little short clips of things that don't make it into videos. Uh just the interesting edge cases and, and the like. So
0: Terrific. Yeah. Well, thanks and congratulations on what you're doing. And Lewis, uh, we're going to see you, I guess, sooner or later back in back in Princeton. In the meantime, you're getting some terrific experience.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, obviously, I won't be back on campus this spring um, because I've, I've taken the, the whole year off. But uh, I'm happy that at least Professor Kornhauser might get to see some people this spring. Uh, and and I'll, in the meantime, like you're saying, uh, hopefully, I'll get to learn a lot here in, in Las Vegas, and then. Uh, be a college student again in September uh,
1: yeah, you come back okay don't don't pull a gates on us you know I mean <laughs> I, I think Bill really I, I think he wishes he didn't drop out of Harvard but you you got to come back
2: well, my, my mother's already uh, starting to ask the question and and I don't think she'll let me not come back so uh, don't worry too much.
1: Not because then I'm gonna give her a call and tell her you know come on I mean look I mean, uh, uh, Lewis has to have a good time in his life sometime you know you only have two more years of, of, of life and then and then it ends you know once you go through those gates it's over you'll cry <laughs> you'll say oh my goodness what the hell is happening to me
2: yeah yeah I mean I'm starting to notice that uh, in in the working world there's no winter break and that's uh, one thing that I already missed so uh, you, you can count on me being back in September don't worry
0: Terrific. Well, congratulations, uh, Lewis, and we look forward to seeing you. You can find us at smartdrivingcar.com, also on Anchor FM, Spotify, TuneIn, Apple, Google, Spreaker, SoundCloud, wherever you find your podcast. You can ask your smart speaker to play us. You can find my tech reports at textination.com. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with Alan Kornhauser. Thanks for listening or watching, and please stay safe.